What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Hope you're all doing well, especially you, Skylar, over there in big old Texas. Yes, we miss you already. But as they say, the show must go on. So to all our listeners, welcome. If you're new here, why not give us a follow on social media? The handle is kickback underscore Nadem on Instagram and on Twitter. And if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any future releases. But anyway, let's keep it moving. Today's guest is somebody I've looked up to for over half my life, both as a man and as a player. He has the most Premier League appearances of any foreign outfield player in history. And he's got the distinction of having once provided an assist for a goalkeeper to score. Ladies and gentlemen, hope you enjoy my conversation with the old man and legend that is Sylvan Distan. Oh, you oh, here? How are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. Let me begin. Let me put some. Let me put some respect on your name, okay? Yeah, let's try. It's gonna be tough, but let's try. No, to begin with, I just want to say, <laughs> just as an intro to certain things, you are literally a walking, talking, living legend. That's who you are. Not sure about legend, you know. You're a living legend. That's who you are. But the thing that blows my mind, which not many people know, is that you actually started your career as a non-league player in France. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Uh, well, I was at Academy of PSG, and then I, I got sacked because I was a bit uh, <laughs> unprofessional, should we say? Unprof- no, tell me more. Tell me more uh, about this. I wasn't ready for this. I, I, I just, uh, it was special because I was at the Academy, but my dad's, when they asked me to join the Academy, my dad said, cool, you can go to the Academy, but I want you to go back home every night. I don't want you to sleep over there with all the kids and everything. So uh-huh. I was going to school normally. And at the end of the day, I had the, like a, a van who used to come and pick me up, tr- uh, take me to training, and then I will go back mm-hmm. home. So mm-hmm. usually when the academy, you finish training, you like in that big room stuff with all the kids, somebody take care of you. But me, I was going back home. So I was, I had like a normal teenager in childhood. You know, I was just going uh-huh. out. I was doing all the uh-huh. stuff that you're not supposed to do. And yes. uh, and that, that caught up with me, you know, after a couple of years, they said, listen, you, you're going to have to take a decision. You work hard <laughs> and you stay or you don't work out and you leave. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm working out. And I just didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the year after yeah. they said goodbye. And, uh, yes, and, and I love I the left. honesty. Let me, let me entertain you um, by trying to say some words in French. Yeah? Okay. Ooh, so that's you left, be you left, you left, I'll say PSG. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. You left PSG and you went to play for Jouet yeah, that's good. That's pretty good, bro. Ah, <laughs> yes. That's pretty good. And then you, and then was it tour afterwards, or tour, how did that work? Yeah, tour. No, no, that's right. Perfect tour. Okay, so how was I actually playing non-league then? Because surely you must have believed you were a better player than that. No, nah, not really. You know, I'm. I was an NBA fan. I've never been a football fan as a kid, and uh, okay. I just happened to be at the right place, at the right time. They asked me to join the academy, and I just said, "Yeah, cool." And for me, what matters is like the big bike they give you, big night bike they give you at the beginning of each session with, season with like all the training kit and the track suit and the trainers. That's, that, I was happy with that. <laughs> so when I went, when they sacked me, my plan was to go back to play for the, 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 the town where I lived. But I had that really tour uh, with about like three hours from, uh, from mine. We mm-hmm. just said, listen, do you want to join? we give you a job. It was like non-league football. So, so you can't live just with the football. So we give you yeah. a job and we give you like 200 pounds, just like cash like that to play with us. So I'm like, you know what? It's either I go back to where I come from and that's going to go wrong for me. I'm going to just hang out and do the wrong stuff. Oh, yeah. I just, I just try and be a man and I leave. So I'll, it took me like a week and I went, you know what? I live and let's see what happened. 
and I left. Yeah. I left because of that. But it was a shock because you go from the academy when you arrive, you just have not even your shower bag. You've got everything. They clean everything for you. The kids are ready to like mm-hmm. playing for Juventus too. When all the kids at uh, the academy dress the same, same tracksuit, same t-shirt, same uh, yeah. short and socks to play, and you arrive Juventus too. You've got guys like forty years old. When I was like eighteen. Uh, 19, yeah. I was going out, 40 years old. They're all dads. They've got kids. They've got a like solid work through the day. And you yes. only train from going to train five times a day. You train like two times a week. And yeah. you have to bring your own kit. You have to wash your own kit. You have to buy your boots. Mm-hmm. You have to, that mm-hmm. was a shock. Because you feel like yeah. you're at the academy and that's that's how football is everywhere. But yeah. it, it wasn't at all. So that was a shock, but I'll, I enjoyed it. You know, I think, I, I think that gave me the maturity that I didn't have. Because you just have yeah. to take care of yourself and do everything. So, yeah, for sure, for sure. And did you? Uh, how did you find playing at that level? It was fine because the level was was correct. It was a lot of like ex professional who are towards the end of their career. Mm-hmm. Um, so it depended depend the team you play. But in, on average, the the level was decent. I have to say, you know, it's just maybe the quality of the of the stadium and football pitch were not great. But the, <laughs> the level of football was was okay. It was fine. Okay, and when you were playing there, did you ever have ambitions of actually turning pro again? Or no? Nah, zero. I was happy there, you know, so you know what? They, they sought me with a job. I can get a mortgage, buy myself a car, rent an apartment. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. Yeah. It was that or go back where I come from. So I'm, I'm cool with it. It was fine. You know, it's insane to hear you talk like this after the career that you've had. Like you could yeah. have been a completely different person, and what? Well, I'll say what a waste that would have been. But you know, that would have been your own decision. Yeah. So, when you finally turned pro, then it was when you signed for <clears throat> Guignon. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I signed for. See this? You, are you going to say anything about my like pronunciation? No, this because it's pretty good actually. I'm impressed. <laughs> but the only question I've got is, how many times did you practice? Uh, just one time, my friend. Just one time. I, I speak, I speak, I speak many languages. I speak, I speak many, I speak many languages. Now, Gunyo was my first. That was the first time um, I was professional. And I was living from football, really, when I had mm-hmm. nothing to do uh, to just pay your wage to just train and play. So, uh, and at the time, that came as a as a surprise. And when you talk about like you work hard because you want to have a great career and be professional. That wasn't my case. Again, I was at the right place, the right time. They asked me to join. I'm like, yeah, cool. And, <laughs> and I thought, that's it. That's like championship level compared with, uh, with um, yeah. Uh, the, the yeah, Liga. And I'm like, that's, that, that's great. That's me done. I signed three other yeah. things. So that's me done. I'm, I'm really happy. I, I never dreamed about doing anything more than that, really. And did you think that was your level then? Or did you never think that you could do better? I never saw I can do better. I'm, I actually, I, I didn't even ask myself those questions. I'm like, take the opportunity, my friend. That's it. Take the opportunity, enjoy, and then whatever happened, happened. I didn't ask myself yep. any question. I didn't have like, okay, that's I'm going to play two years and then I'm going to... I just took whatever was there. That's it. Did you, uh, did you have any doubts playing at that level or not really? No, no, I had no doubts. Just, just I was just, again, taking the opportunity so I never I never had any doubt I wasn't expecting to play I started to play from the beginning great atmosphere great group of guys the manager was was amazing he actually passed away uh, a few months ago amazing manager like a great uh, his man management was just immense it was immense so uh, I, lear- I learned a lot thing, there yeah. it was a great group of guys 
in a city that is like, I can't even call it a city, it's like a village. There's nothing, it's like one roundabout, one traffic light, one butcher, uh, one uh, supermarket, and that's it. Then there's cows around everywhere. It's a really, really, really tiny place, but we had... We had such an amazing team spirit. You know, every morning we all come before training to have breakfast together, finish training, you stay in the shower, have food for another two, three hours. When it was no obligation, you could just go home. But it just yeah. never happened. Yeah, that sounds great. And you obviously you played well then because you then signed for uh, Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah. Yeah, well, so... the, the story is that because we played PSG in final, we won the... Um, like uh, the uh, yeah, like we won the League Cup with Gunion. We had a great season. Uh, we were not far from getting promoted. Uh, in like the FA Cup in, in France, we, we played uh, we played really well as well. We beat Marseille with a couple of uh, uh, League One club, and uh, and obviously played the final of uh, of the League Cup against PSG. And because we won, everybody felt like that's why he signed for PSG. But I was yeah. actually in talk for, with PSG before that. And when I find out okay. we played against them, I'm, I said, listen, no talk, nothing. I want to focus on that game. We'll talk later on. My dad okay. said to me, like, you, you, you're crazy. If they don't come back, what happened? I said, I can't. I can't just play a game while against them. while And such a big game. It's the biggest game of my so short career. While yeah. negotiating the contract to play with them, imagine I make a mistake or something like, nah, nah, I said nah. <laughs> so we stopped every negotiation. Uh, we played and uh, and won the final, obviously, which was something like unreal. And yeah. uh, and then we went back into negotiation. And at the time, I had uh, another maybe two or three clubs. But in my mind, the PSG was like it was in my heart. It was I was going back home. I, yeah. I got sacked and they and they get me again. So my pride was like, yeah, <laughs> through the, the ceiling, roof, yeah. yeah, through the yeah, roof. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, was like, yeah. you know what? I was listening to every other offers, but in my in my head, I knew I was going back to PSG. It was it was clear. Yeah, which is perfectly fair enough. And one question then, from when I look back at that team for PSG, yeah, and I didn't realize some of the players that were there. Not necessarily oh, like the obvious ones, but like even Arteta's or yeah. Pochettino's and people like this. Mm. And one which not many people probably remember. It was like you played with Ronaldinho, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I played with Ronaldinho uh, my last season. I played like one year and a half maybe for PSG before joining coming in England, and uh-huh. I played with Ronaldinho, and it's, it's just I've never seen. He's not a football player. He's, he's, <laughs> he's not even trying, and without trying, is yeah. insane. I've never seen yeah. that. I've never seen that in my life. He's no one. I know Ronaldo and everything, but uh, there's no one who come near him for me. There's no one who come near him because without trying, he's not a hard worker. He was out all the time, partying all the time. His work ethic yeah. is just like it's just it's just zero. in a bit, yeah, zero. But amazing guy, and even with a zero work ethic, once he's on the pitch and you give him the ball, just forget about it. I've never yeah. seen that. I've never seen someone so easy in my life. I swear. You play head tennis with him. He's playing with every part of his body, but he's fit. He's insane. His <laughs> back, his hips, and and he's just passing you the ball. It's not like he tries. He's passing you the ball. Is insane, yeah. seriously, and a, and a great guy as well. So funny, great guy. Yeah, I remember uh, there was one time when I was in Las Vegas for my friend's thirtieth birthday, and we were in a, a club or whatever, and we were having a good time. Most a few of us there were footballers, and you know sometimes people say what do you do, and you'll say yeah. you're a footballer. But I remember seeing Ronaldinho on the far side, and because he was there, if somebody asked me what I was what I did for a profession, I was going to say I'm a builder, yeah. you know, <laughs> like I clean the floors. Because if he's here, I can't say I do the same thing as him. <laughs> It's impossible. Like that guy is—he's different. Yeah. He's different. 
So and your time at PSG anyway, why didn't it work out there? How come you didn't stay for longer considering it was your home? Well, it actually, it actually worked out. It's, it's weird, you know, because I went back of this year. I was really proud. Wasn't expecting to play much. And I ended up, I think he was one player who played more games than me. And okay. I ended up doing like uh, Champions League games and everything. It was just insane for me. Like I'm, I'm thinking two years before, it was like non-league football with, with, with a job training two times a day, uh, two times mm-hmm. a week. And now you end up playing like against Milan, Bayern Munich, uh, Fenerbahce, Champions League games at PSG and play every game. So it went, it went well. I played every game. It was, uh, it was tough sometimes. Then they changed manager through the season. They, when I came, they had a project to bring players from like Paris and the outskirts of Paris. So young players mm-hmm. and have like the Ronaldinho's, the JJ Okocha, Frédéric De you know, Laurent Robert, those type of players, Ali Benarbia, those type of players like with obviously more mature and senior pros to to just like take care of the young players. And they have the yeah. project to build a team that reflects Paris really. So they bring back uh, me, Anelka as well, who was at the academy with me and came back. Didier Domi, uh, Bernard Mendy, Peter Luxin, they bought a lot of young players. And, mm. uh, and it worked really well, great atmosphere. Changed the manager because... PhD is a big club and like every big club after five, six uh, result average, there's yeah, no time. Well, yeah. So yeah. bring the manager, still finish the season and at the end of the season, um, I had a couple of clubs, obviously my goal was to stay at PhD. Okay. And uh, and the manager said to me, so I go and speak to the manager and I said, listen, I've got some opportunities. It's my first year in League One. I want to stay here, but I just need to know if you count on me. I, don't, I know I'm not going to play every game, but if you say to me, you're part of the squad, I count on you, the best will play, I'll stay. No problem, Sylvain. I want you to stay. I'm like, great. Tell the other club, just sorry, I can't. I'm not gonna come. And about a month after, uh, the manager asked me to come at the, um, like the office in the office. And I'm like, there you mm-hmm. go. That was my first contract, but I played every game, so they're gonna extend my contract, <laughs> give me like big money. I'm gonna get, buy the Ferraris and everything. <laughs> and I arrive, and he goes, uh, well, we've got too many defenders, so you're gonna have to go. I'm like, sorry, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> what? What are you talking about? I said, hey, we've got too many defenders, so you're going to have to go. But don't worry, it's sorted. Uh, Bolton came for you. They just got promoted in the in Premier League. You can go. Uh, 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 no. I said, no, no. What do you mean? So I, I tried. I fight to try and stay in France. I wanted to come to England, but not right away. I wanted to build some experience. And I, yeah. I, I tried. I fight really hard to, play in, to stay in France. And uh, they didn't want me to go to any club around them in terms of position yeah. so I'll have to go lower down the league and he just, I said no I just you don't want me to play fine but let me go where I want to go mm-hmm. and and I spent a month training on my own because really? yeah because he said he said to me like you have to go and uh, you've got, we've got Bolton you go to Bolton I said I don't know. what about if I don't want to go to Bolton I was, I was shy <laughs> but I was, I was still strong minded yeah, yeah I was still strong minded I'm like no if you don't want me to play fine you're my manager but if you want me to go I decide where I go you don't deal with my career Mm-hmm. So I still went, it was Sam Allardyce at the time, the manager. I still went to uh, Bolton, spoke to Sam Allardyce and decided not to join. So when I came back to PSG and I said, I'm, I'm not going, they said to me, fine, you go and train alone. So I spent a month training alone. Every three days, the manager asked me to come to his office. Are you going? No. Okay, bye. I was just going back training alone. Uh, and who after, was the manager? That was Luis Fernandez at the time. Okay. And, uh, and after a month, the, the, the chairman came and said, listen, Sylvain, we respect you and everything, and, and but you need to find a solution. I said, the solution is done. I'm leaving. You want me to go? I'm going. But I want to go where I want to go. And yeah. the only possibility was to come on loan in England. 
Yeah. Because they're the only way to go into, uh, in France, uh, play in France, or, well, that was in England, the only, the only possibility, but I thought if I have to go somewhere outside from France, I'll go to England. And yeah. that's how I joined Newcastle. Again, it's just, okay. I think my career is all made of that, you know, of like, nothing was planned. Uh, most of the time, I didn't mean to, and it happened, and then I made the most of it. And that's and really, he was that's the manager really of Newcastle. Career. That was uh, Bobby Robson, the manager at uh, Newcastle. Bobby Robson, and, amazing man. Yeah, for sure. And um, with the Newcastle thing, I imagine that Newcastle is a little bit different to Paris. So, how did a guy that mostly speaks French go and survive in the northeast of England? My friend, that was that was tough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I am not gonna lie. I'm, I went and watched a game. Stadium, the stadium was amazing. The atmosphere, yeah. like, was electric. Yeah. I've I was watching it thinking like, oh my God, if I can play here, I'm going to be a lucky man. And yeah. I went back to a sign, went back to France, picked up my stuff, went back to Newcastle, all excited. I arrived, they gave me a car. And you know, in France, sorry, not in France, in the world, everybody drives the other side of the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They gave me a car. I went like, how, what do you want me to do with that? <laughs> I hit all the curbs, everything. I saw that, I saw I killed myself. I dropped the car at the hotel, never touched it again. Never. <laughs> when training, and it was, you had two French guys, you had Laurent Robert, and mm-hmm. uh, we had Olivier Bernard, and uh, they yeah. both helped me a lot. But I said the first, I think the first month and a half, I didn't play much. I was on the bench every time, coming out like from what injured, or, and the first month and a half, I could not, I didn't like the food. Four o'clock, yeah. four o'clock five o'clock, it was night time. I was yeah, in the hotel, yeah. in the hotel in the middle of nowhere, alone. Yeah. Yeah. I could not speak to anyone because you go to school and you learn a bit of, uh, yeah, my my name is Silva. I'm living in France. <laughs> you arrive in Newcastle. <laughs> the accent is just like, it's just, it's, they don't speak English. I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I learned English for four years in school. Okay, I didn't go to school for too long, but uh, a little bit, come here. Just a little bit. I didn't understand a word. They were speaking so fast. Uh, so I was alone in a hotel, four o'clock, dark. Uh, could not go out, could not speak, didn't like the food, wasn't playing football. I think after like three weeks, I called my dad. When I say crying, it was like, I didn't have the tears, but I, it sounded like I was crying like that. I've, yeah. I've made the biggest mistake. I said, I can't, <laughs> there's nothing for me to enjoy here. You know, if yeah. I don't know if you like, whatever, like in Spain and it's sunny and you can go to, I don't know, do something, have a life. But I said, I've got no mm-hmm. life. I'm, I'm alone in the hotel. I can't speak to anyone. I'm not playing. I don't understand nothing that what people tell me. And it, it was yeah. different generation as well. You know, I had like Bobby Robson, a very old generation and, and, and charismatic people. I had Alan Chirer, like yeah. it, was, it was a man. Like you come and you adapt, otherwise you just push to the side. Gary Speeds, yeah. uh, Rob Lee. I had some amazing players, but like really tough guys. They, they, they yeah. don't make it easy for you. But yeah. after months and a half, I started to play. And as soon as I started to play, everything went back in place. You know, I started to go out a bit more by going out. I started to learn, speak English, communicate. And as soon as you can communicate, and I, and I think as soon as the players felt that you made the efforts to like embrace yeah. their culture, instead of coming yeah. and want to leave the French way, that changed, yeah. that completely changed. So you play, you play well, the players accept you a bit more. And then from there, it was just like, it was the dream. We had an amazing season. It was a dream. Yeah. Um, which was that the year when you finished in the top four? For the yeah, we, we, I think we've been like in the top four most of the season. Uh, most yeah. of the season, you know. When I think about it now, I'm like, God, you were like not far from like from like being top of the league, and I wasn't even excited. I was just excited by playing, <laughs> by the players yeah. that are around me. By like, I'm like, God, I was collecting Alan Chiro's like 
late sticker like yeah three years yeah. ago and now i'm playing with him you know i was just there i was opening my eyes and taking everything i could take playing against amazing striker great stadium i didn't think much but now i'm like we, we actually had an amazing season qualify for champions league it was great but so why didn't you sign there permanently then again same as usual wanted to stay they had an option to um they had like an exclusive option to buy me until yeah. i think it was march or something like that mm -hmm. uh march came the manager keep coming to me and said you're gonna stay you're gonna stay i'm like fine i'm don't look for nowhere i'm happy to stay here March came, they didn't take the, the option. Uh, and then every month the manager said, no, you're going to stay, don't worry, you're going to stay, you're going to stay, until the last game of the season. And uh, and I said to them, like, listen, and I'd, from by then I started to add some offers. I yeah. loved England and in my mind I'm like, I thought I will do one year on loan, go back to PSG. And I thought, you know what, I stay in England, I love it. And I had yeah. some opportunities. So I said to him before the last game of the season, I said, they made, an, they made me an offer, if I have to be honest, but the offer was like, uh, I was playing for the academy. Uh, I said to okay. them, I'm not asking for anything. Uh, I barely negotiate, but that's like, you can ask me to play yeah. every game and it's not possible. So, yeah. so obviously I refused the offer and, and for months they were said, oh, okay, we're going to come back with something. They never did. And last game of the season, I said, I want to stay here. That's my priority. But if I didn't sign after this last game of the season, I'm not going on holiday and not knowing where I played. I'll go and sign somewhere. The last game came no affairs on the table and I went and signed for City yeah, it was it was that, that simple they called me like you can come back we give you whatever you want I said no it's not about money it's principle 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 yeah, yeah it's, it's, exactly. it's, it's principle you know if I'm not going to break my contract I'm going to City it's done you had all the time you had exclusivity you had a, you didn't take it I'm, I, I, I moved on I said I was, I was disappointed you know I'm not going to lie I really same when I left PSG I was disappointed I loved it I wanted to stay it didn't happen same for Newcastle mm. so obviously now to where we first met City and I need yeah. to begin by saying thank you I've not said this before, okay? I've not said this before, but I'm going to uh, say thank you. I'm doing just now, yeah, just for the program, yeah. yeah. And the reason, yeah. But this is different now because I'm doing it on the program and this never goes away. So people yeah, will true. hear me say it and it'll, it'll always exist. Listen up, people, so, listen up. Everyone listen, everyone listen, okay? Listen to me loud and clear. When I started in that team, Kevin Keegan was the was the coach and I was a centre-back, but he asked me to go and play at right-back so I could get better at the ball and he wanted to put me in the team, Yeah. But at that time as well, it was yourself and Richard Dunn playing centre-back, yeah? And uh, so I was playing right-back with you two to the left of me and Sean Wright Phillips ahead of me. That was arguably Sean Wright Phillips' best ever season, the year when I came in, because it was the year before he went to Chelsea. And then you and Dunny to the left of me, you were either at your peaks or very, very close to your peaks. So for me as a 17, 18-year-old coming into a team, it's the easiest introduction to professional football I've ever had to do. Okay. Because with Sean... All I had to do was roll in the ball and off he went. <laughs> and with you guys, if I messed up, you guys were right there. So I want to say thank you. And if it wasn't for you, I would not be here 16 years later playing all these games. So no, thank you man, very no. much. We, we, did, we did our job, but you did your things. You, you, you played yeah. because you deserved to play. It was not about yeah. us. But still, it's bigger than that because maybe I did deserve to play, but it was made easier because of the people yeah. that were around yeah. me. You know what I mean? Like you and... I'm not going to give you too many compliments just now, but I'll, I'll, I'll get back. I'll get to it later. I'll get to it later. So just accept that one for now and I'll just know it. that there's another compliment coming later, okay? I'll take just, it. Just, I'll take just it. Just take it. Okay? Thank you. So how did you actually find those early years with City? Obviously, it's a very, very different football club yeah. now, but how, how did you find that time? Great. I mean, I, I loved it. We had, you've been there. You know, it was a great atmosphere, uh, great guys. 
I like the manager at the time, you know. Um, he had a little uh, little group of French guys as well. You know, I had uh, Anelka came back when I was with him at the academy at PSG, then yeah. professional at PSG. Ali Benarbia mm-hmm. as well. I was mm-hmm. playing with him at PSG. So that, that was very easy for me. I love the city. I love the city of Manchester. I always did, you know, like it, it was great. Great place to be. Great stadium, Main Road for me was. Don't get me wrong, I love brand new stadium with all the yeah, yeah, yeah. facilities and everything. But Main Road, man, the atmosphere was just insane. I'm so happy yeah. that I managed to play there. I, the atmosphere was just. I remember game. I never felt like we were losing a game because even when yeah. you lose, you never felt like the fans were like pissed off or they were yeah. pushing you, and you feel like you know what, we're not going to lose mm-hmm. that game. It, Main yeah. Road was really, really, really special. Small stadium, shit dressing room, but. <laughs> amazing atmosphere amazing atmosphere yeah. so again I was just there enjoying you know I just train hard play games because what's, that's what I want I want to play my games and it was I was in the right place because the players around me felt really comfortable I felt really comfortable with them mm-hmm. so let me give you a second compliment yeah are you ready this is yeah. the okay. that's a bit too soon uh, but go on okay so I'll never, I'll never forget. Like at that time, I've obviously been a centre back, but even though I was playing right back. I was a centre back, and yourself and Richard was so good, and also so reliable, to the point where it doesn't matter what happened in the week. The only reason you guys weren't playing on a Saturday is if you both your ankles had been chopped off. Like you guys were there, game in, game out, hundred percent. It was incredible to see, and you really set the tone and I tried to copy that mentality because I felt very, very privileged to see people like that at the start of my career. So from that point to this point in mind now, if I can walk, maybe I can run. If I can run, then I can play. You know, it doesn't matter how I feel. I'm trying to be as reliable as you guys were when I first came into that, came into the team. And for any City fans listening, especially some of the older ones who would understand this comparison, for me personally, Although the clubs the club was different, I view you and Richard Dunn the same way I view Johnny Lescott and Vincent Company. I mean, that's a big compliment because they are amazing players, they're amazing for the club. So, for me personally, I think trophy are amazing, but I think the trace you leave in not necessarily the fans because the fans is great. Don't get me wrong, we we want the fans to love us, but I think the players are the ones that see yeah. you train and and especially play every every day so they yeah. they are the one who knows who you really are and if yeah, you can leave sure. if you can leave a positive trace in any of the players especially for me I always thought especially the young ones mm-hmm. I always felt like my responsibility is to show them like what is it to be a professional player and if you yeah, can do that sure. for me you you've made your career no matter how far you play how long you play no matter what club you've you've made your career is the best compliment ever for me yeah like that's that's how I want to leave the game for people to say this. What I've just said to you, I want people to say the same thing to me who are still involved in the game because that matters the most to me. Like, I know you've affected my career, you've affected Micah's career and lots of other people like that. And as I say, you two in that time were just as important as I saw a company in Lescott at the time when the club were going to win a title. You know, just as important. And that's crazy to think. But for all the City fans who have been around for both generations of City, like, they would they wouldn't even argue with that because they knew what it was like. Because it was you and it was you and Dunny taking turns winning the Player of the Year award most years. You know, like that. That was that was. A yeah, thing. no, I, I do sometimes. You know, especially now with social media, I do speak with some some city fans sometimes. And and when they say stuff like that, I'm always feel like, yeah, it's just they just say that because they speak to me right now. No, but then, no, but then no, you realize that's that's what some people feel. They all know it's a different area. It was it's a completely yeah. different club. 
But it's, I mean, it's an amazing compliment to compare to compare us to our ah, great understanding with Denny, and to compare yeah. us with uh, with with guy the caliber of of Julian or or, or Vincent. Vincent well. It's like it's it's amazing. Yeah. So I was going to ask you about a highlight there, but instead I want to talk about a low light. I need some closure on this. Okay. So I don't know if you remember, but the year is 2005. It's the last game of the season and it's us against Middlesbrough. Yeah. And we have to win the game to get into the UEFA Cup. Yeah. Do you remember anything that happened in that game? Absolutely not. I'm going to tell you my big, my biggest problem in football. I played the game, leave it behind. Play to think about the next one. Yeah, so if, that's if, the same as me. That's the same as me. But this game was different. Sylvan, this game was different, okay? Cool. Let me tell you how it ended, okay? So, in fact, this is how old I am within the game right now. That on that field that day, I have people who have coached me as my head coach, Good. but I was playing against them from back then. Oh, wow. And stuff like this. <laughs> like, like that's what I'm thinking. My exit, the door, exit door must be closed for me because this is getting wild now. But in that, in that game, at the very end, I was standing on the halfway line because we had a corner kick and Nicky Weaver and David James were both ahead of me on the field at the oh, same yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. That was the game when the coach. Yeah, I remember now. <laughs> Silver, let me be very, very clear about this. Okay. So at the time I was too young to have an opinion, but as every day passed and every year passed, my opinion grew stronger and stronger. Silver. <laughs> How do you feel about your head coach in advance of the game, which we have to win to get into Europe, having a shirt ready for a goalkeeper to go and play up front? It is double or quit because if you work, you will have been a genius. But I'm Silver, going, I'm going deeper than that. I'm thinking like, why? Because it's not like David James, uh, it's not like Jemo played with us on the, like as a exactly. outfield player and been amazing. Ex- and you're like, exactly. he's got quality. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to gamble. He never did. He never, I never saw him scoring a exactly. goal. So I was thinking, like, I, I remember to like Chappie just said, just said, like, I'm gonna prepare a kit for for Jemo. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he always, you know, Chappie, he always <laughs> yeah. took crap. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah. yeah that's another joke, whatever. And I saw it happening. I was thinking, like, well, I can't say much. <laughs> Why? Does that, <laughs> I I, it doesn't make no sense. I don't that's know. Funny. I would love actually to speak about it with him because I just don't get it. I don't know what he saw. That made him feel like that's the, that's the move to do. It was the most important game of the whole season. <laughs> if we won the game at home versus Middlesbrough, we would be in the UEFA Cup yeah. instead of them. But instead, we have uh, we have two goalkeepers on the field. <laughs> I, remember, I, I remember that now. You tell me. You see, I remember the game, but I could not remember when it was. And now you tell me that. That's even like, uh, what's, the, what's, what's the reason behind it? I would love to know what's the reason behind it. You need to have another podcast that... with the manager to just ask him, like, <laughs> what's the reason? Listen, listen, I'm not at the place yet where I can even speak to him. I can't even do that anymore. Oh, God, so yeah. I'm, I'm not going to try it. But that's just a little reminder of something that did happen. And for as much as somebody tries to escape that moment by saying they're a good coach or whatever, no other coach <laughs> in the history of the game would have done this, okay? And we won't speak his name, yeah, but City yeah, fans out there know exactly who we're talking about. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I, it just doesn't make any sense. I, I'm the same same as you, mate. It doesn't make any sense. I don't I don't know what he saw in the training session or I don't know. Cause it, he didn't even have the opportunity to see anything that make him take that decision. That's what I don't exactly. get. Exactly. And just in case we people forget, like 
not everybody in Manchester loved John Macken, but he'd yeah. scored goals in his career. Yeah. He's yeah. our number yeah. nine. Yeah. And he was an unused substitute on the bench. That's and that's when you know your time's up. Yeah, when a manager will bring a goalkeeper on as, as a nine yeah. over you as a nine who scored hundreds of goals. Yeah, it was funny for us, but you know, when you say that, I'm, 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 I'm thinking like that must have been a tough moment for him. You yeah. know, because you yeah, know, like sure. if I'm, I'm, I'm behind a goalkeeper, that's like, that's, that's, <laughs> I don't know if we've seen that before, you know, that's, that's, that's a tough one. That, that will never be seen again. Like I've seen maybe centre-backs go on up front or whatever, but to have a goalkeeper shirt printed before the game. That was, yeah, that was planned. Before the, didn't that happen was, during that, the game. That was before planned, the game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to bring this guy on to play striker yeah. in the most important game of the season. But yeah. anyway, to a, more, to a more serious part, to a more serious part, yeah. So like I said before, you were such a significant and big part of the football club. And for me, as a youngster coming through, as well as being a player, I was a fan. Because I watched you at Main Road. You know, mm. I had years where I used to ball boy at Main Road and things like this. So I was yeah. all in. I'd been there from 10 years of age. So when I heard that you were going to leave, like I was I was crushed. I didn't understand it. Mm. Obviously, as years go by, I start to understand more why people move around. But I was yeah. just in my Man City bubble. Yeah. So why did you actually leave in that time? Why do you think it was the right thing to do? Again, you know, I, signed, I think I signed two years the first season. I ended up playing three. So I signed, I signed two years extending for one and then extend it again and then extend it again and then we in a discussion for me to extend for for another year or two which is what I wanted I never never told the club I wanted to leave never looked never even looked anywhere else and uh, and in the middle of the negotiation uh, that was at the time um, uh, oh, I forgot, uh, Stuart Pierce the manager and yeah. in the middle of the negotiation when the, the talk is just about negotiating for me to stand an extra one or two years nothing else not like if yeah. you don't sign now you're gonna leave or nothing it was just all good i'm happy to stay i want to stay it's gonna be a very easy deal because I'm, i've never been the type of player who negotiate for hours i just like something fair yeah. sensible for both parts yeah i'm happy yeah and in the middle of the negotiation i got a phone call from my agent who said you had an offer for middlesbrough from middlesbrough and the club accepted the offer i'm yeah. like uh, what, what are you talking about? We talk about me extending my contract. He said, yeah, I can't tell you exactly what happened. I just know they had an offer and the club accepted the offer. And from that moment, I kind of knew I would not go to Middlesbrough because I didn't feel it, but I still went and, and, and speak to the manager, uh, which is the manager of the national team now, okay. the English national team. Okay. So I went and I had a chat with him. Great guy, amazing, but something, you know, with my, my gut feeling made me feel like that's not for you. So I came back to the club and I said, uh, I said, no, I'm not, uh, I'm not going. He said, okay, fine. And from that moment, I said, I'll finish the season and I'll go. Okay. So that was, that was like, that was like December or something, January, you know, that was way early in the season. And I thought, again, principle, hold on, I want to stay. You want me to stay? We talk for me to extend my contract and you accept, oh, yeah. a, you accept an offer from another club. Like you want me to go. So well, what's that? Mm, that's crazy. And from that moment on, I just saw like, it's, it's cool. I'm staying, I finished my season, I give 100%, you've got no worries about me. I'm not the type of player who's going to take it easy or create any trouble. I finished the season, but at the end of the season, I'm gone. And that's possibly my pride, but, you know, just that's, that's what I felt was right to do at the time. Do you think it was the manager that wanted the bid accepted or was it just the club itself? I've got no, I didn't even ask question, Adam. I didn't mm. ask no question to no one. For me, it was like, I don't need to know what happened. Because either the man, if let's be honest, the, even if the club accept, the manager should say no. 
or even yeah. if the manager accepts, the club should say no. I was yeah. playing every game. I was happy with everyone. The club was happy with me. I didn't see any reason. Or if it was a reason, it was a financial reason. And mm-hmm. then come and speak to me. Just say, like, listen, I know we talk about extending your contract, but we need the money. Or whatever, yeah. just talk to me. But just to accept it a bit without telling me nothing and not even have the balls to come and tell me. It's my yeah. agent who told me. Yeah. In my mind, I was like, I'm going, I love the club. I love the club, I, and I wanted to stay. I can't tell you. Like it's simple. I refused offer the round. I, just, I never looked at nothing else. Yeah. From that moment, I'm like, that's me gone. I spoke to my agent. I said, I'm not going to Middlesbrough, but I'll leave at the end of the season. So just start to just look around. Yeah, it's crazy. A, a little sidebar to this. Do you remember when Pep Guardiola was there? Do you remember that? No. You, so this is a little known fact among City people. He came on trial. You know, Pep Guardiola came on trial. And Actually, he, yes. Now you say it. Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh yes. my God. Yes. Yes. But, <laughs> you know, I, I, no way. Now you say it. I'm like, yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think he he said he wanted an 18 month deal, and the club wanted to only give him six months. Yeah. 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 Oh so, God, I remember that now. Imagine. Could have had Pep twice. Could have had him in the building straight away. But this is crazy. Yeah. I know. Shit. I know. Oh wow. Yeah. 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 But. Anyway, that's, that was a little bit trivia for City fans. But anyway, you moved to Portsmouth. How did you find yeah. living down there? I was living... down there as well. Okay, yeah. I'm going to give you another little secret. I, <laughs> I, sign, I signed there. I, again, when I sign, I don't go and visit the training ground. I signed for the club, for yeah. the project, for the manager, the players who are there. So I didn't visit the training ground. Which, when I arrived, that Portsmouth was a bit of a surprise. Because the training <laughs> ground is... Uh, it was special. Not, yeah. not, not special, yeah. yeah. But I went to... I remember staying in a hotel in Portsmouth and I and, uh, spoke to Harry the next day. I said, Harry, I can't, I can't stay there. It's just, it just doesn't feel right. So he said to me, come, come to me, beauty. Come to Sandbanks. It's amazing. You see, you can have your beach. You can have your house with the beach on the side. And yeah, 25 million the house. It's really crazy. <laughs> but I moved, I moved to, I moved to Bournemouth and, um, and we had, we had, actually plenty of players from everywhere. A lot of players from London. Was, we are traveling on the day, every day. Yeah. Few players stayed in Portsmouth and few players stayed in uh, in Bournemouth, and uh, and I was, that was fine. Again, that was great atmosphere, great guys, amazing experience. We had possibly like half of the of the England national team at the time. You had German Dufo, Saul Campbell. He was still yeah. playing. David James. Uh, who do you have? Glenn Johnson, mm-hmm. Peter Crouch. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was who was there again? Who was there? It was just like it, it was amazing. Yeah, amazing yeah. lads but it was really we come we train we go home we train really yeah. well but we come we train we go home that's it mm-hmm. and then play on play on the day mm-hmm. but Postmus was was pretty easy because Harry is like his management is, is amazing he signed any player no matter how good or bad the player and he make him feel like 100 million dollars it's yeah. just the way he speak to you you just you want to you want to fight for him and he's, he's clever as well you know if if you've got any problem, he's going to say to you, like, what's wrong? You're not good? Yeah, at the moment, you know, I've got a bit of tension at home. Take two days off. Stay home. Take care of your family. Take two days off. And when you've got a manager who do that for you, you're like, I- I'm going to give him back. Unless you're not a professional player. But when you yeah. like, you know, you look just someone with a good nature, you feel like if he's taking care of me, I'm going to take care of him as well. So he knew how to make the players want to fight for him. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you say that because I heard those stories about Harry Redknapp before he came to QPR. But when yeah. he came to QPR, he would say, he'd probably admit himself that that wasn't a good spell for him. And we, yeah. I think we saw a different side of him because okay. the man management thing was never really going to be enough because we were struggling as a team. Yeah. So I think in some ways he abandoned it 
and he kind of took some energy away from certain players at certain times. So okay. to hear what you say, it sounds great and it sounds like the image that ha- that we all had of him. Yeah. But it wasn't... But you've seen different. Yeah. I've, yeah. We, we, we kind of saw different. Like there was even a spell where he, he and I didn't get along because he... <laughs> let me tell you a story. Like this, this podcast is going to get me in trouble at some point. But um, <laughs> he... Um, we went to Dubai, uh, I think in January one time. And he uh, he hates players drinking. Oh, I hated players yeah. drinking at this time. Yeah, yeah. So, so I I don't drink. So when we whenever we went to Dubai, it's just to do work or whatever because we're there to train. So I just did the training bit, nothing else. But on this particular trip, I think there were a couple of occasions where some people went out and they were drinking, and he just said, "Don't do it. Don't do it." Blah blah blah. So there was one particular training session where we turned up, and I think half the team was drunk. And there was one guy in particular who must have left his eyeballs and sense of like perception and everything in the hotel. So he's without question top 10 worst training sessions that I've ever witnessed as a player. <laughs> and Harry was really angry, but all he kept doing in the training session was having a go at me, even though I was, I was training fine and I was sober yeah. and I was just trying to do my job. And I pushed back and because he was just shouting at me about things which didn't matter. So I, like I said something back to him because I felt he was being unjust. Yeah. From that point, he didn't speak to me for two and a half, three months. I could be in a wow. lift with him. I could be in an elevator with him for trapped in there for an hour. Wouldn't get a yeah, single word right. out of him. Wouldn't say anything to me in the corridors, nothing. And then things changed two months later when we were away at Fulham and we were losing. I think Chris Samba was playing and he was having a bit of a nightmare. He, this was the game where he had to burn his boots afterwards because he said there was too much bad luck in those boots. <laughs> <laughs> and in the uh, first half, we were getting killed. It must have been 2 3 now. I was sitting on the bench like standard for the previous two months. And he turns to me and says, oh, come on, get ready. I need you, he said. He said, I need you. Not said a word to me for two months, Sylvan. Honestly, I was like, oh. That made you feel good, no? No, 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 no. I thought this guy's got some nerve. But yeah, I, like I knew he, hate, he, he thought that I was somebody who'd go out and be drinking and this, that and the other. Because it so happened, just so happened that one of my friends was in Dubai at the time. And she went to a family meal or something with him. And he was being critical of all of us. And then she said, oh, I, I don't drink, talking about me. And he's like, oh, yes, he does, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. that was his perception of me. Yeah, like, yeah. he completely missed it. Like, by the time he was leaving the club, I think he understood me. But for those for that spell there, like, how's, how's he going to, like, try and punish me for the training session, which was the worst ever, which no, I didn't even yeah, have anything yeah, to do yeah. with? But anyway, I've, I've spoken too much about him. Too much about him. So two years in, two years at Portsmouth. Yeah, you played with obviously. You've uh, let me actually rephrase that. You've played with two of my icons, especially as a Nigerian. You've played with Carney and you've played with JJ Okocha. So JJ Okocha as well. What a guy! Whoa. Yeah, literally, you've played with two Nigerian icons, and I'm uh, very happy to know you. Just to say that I can pretend to know them, but thank good, you. For good. That. So, as I say, two years down at Portsmouth, and you went back up north to Everton because obviously the South Coast weather was far too good for you, and you wanted to go back to something a little yeah. bit wetter. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you see, leaving a club without really wanting to leave. Again, we talk about me. You, you see how Portsmouth went. We assigned, we won the FA Cup the year after. They just they signed the best players around. And then the year after, after winning the FA Cup, the, the, the manager leave out of nowhere. Yeah. Just out of nowhere. We were preparing for the game. It was no, usually you hear gossips or search and search and contact with the manager and nothing. We heard nothing. Yeah, and I remember waking up for the for the game, and my partner just said to me, uh, uh, "Rednap is gone." I'm like, "What are you talking about? We trained, we trained yesterday. We've got a game today. We wanted, 
and I put Sky News, Sky Sports News on TV, and and he signed for Spurs, and I was just like, come on, that's a joke, that can't be possible, and we and nobody, not one player knew, not one yeah. player knew, and then from from there it just went downhill. It was just went downhill. They started to sell all the players and. I think they bought players and paid big money and then put themselves in a bad situation and needed the money. So I went from like trying to negotiate to have another, to have another one or two years to like the club telling me like, listen, we need the money. You can sign for us for free and we can get, we can get a few million. So you're going to have to go. So I left, this is why I left and joined, joined Everton. Really. So you went to Everton and you had some very, very good years there. I think, was it six yeah. years you stayed there? Six what, years, yeah. What was it about say playing for Everton that helped you play so well and stay for so long considering you know up until this point you know you hadn't necessarily stayed for such a long period of time anyway yeah the um, the dressing room you know it, it was special when I arrived it was a lot of players who've been at the club like that was the only club they've been at the club for 10 years or something like that yeah. uh, the manager was like uh, it was tough but it was fair is that David Moyes? Uh, yeah, David Moyes. It was it was tough. It was really tough. I don't think I never. I remember the, the first two training session. I was like, "What is that? It's just insane." He make you run and everything you want. Everybody ready. Every detail. I thought it. You're gonna do 45 minutes of set pieces before a game. It was it was really intense. Yeah. The training session was really tough, but amazing atmosphere in the dressing room. These guys who like from the club who know the club, the staff as well. Staff have been there for a very long time. I'm talking about the girl in the kitchen, in the canteen, mm-hmm. security guys, master. They've been there forever. And the atmosphere was special. And it was a group of, I won't say the quality was amazing, but the dedication and the hard work, the work ethic was just insane. And for me, it was perfect. I love, I moved back to Manchester. I loved the, loved the place. So mm-hmm. I, knew, I knew everything around. I already had friends around. It was very easy for me to, uh, to settle in. And I think I signed on the... I think I signed on a Wednesday. Um, I went there on the on the Saturday. They came back. No, I went there on the Friday. I remember they just played. Uh, they came back from Europa League. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I trained alone on the on the Saturday. No, sorry. I, I went on the Friday. Did a little session on the Friday. Trained with the team on the on the Saturday and play on the Sunday. I didn't have time to think about it. I didn't have time to see and get to know people. It was just like you sign, you play, done. Yeah. Uh, and from there on, played played all the time and just loved it. The yeah. atmosphere was it was in the dressing room was the best, the best yeah. I've had. A nice, honest group of guys. Not just like banter and everything, but it was a nice, honest group of guys. You know, we, yeah. we had no problem to tell each other during a game, after a game, you shit, you need to step up, mate. And I will not create a fight. I will not. That was just honest group of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. That's that reflects my personality. I loved it. Yeah, it sounds perfect. That really does sound perfect. What would you say the highlight of your time there was? It's it's a weird highlight, you know, and it's the type of things you realize when you when you when you finish. Really, um, I, I'm possibly an old school defender. I love to defend. I love to tackle. I, I take pride in clean sheet. I tell, I love to play against tough striker week in week out. And I don't see much of that nowadays, and that's mm-hmm. that's that disappoints me a little bit when we talk mm-hmm. more about uh, passing accuracy and going forward mm-hmm. and everything. But I'm like, I'm a defender. I love to defend. They midfield have their job. The strikers have their and Mine at the back is to defend. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I took pride in, the, in the, the defensive stat we had. You know, we were competing or fighting to break into that top four at the time. And I think for like three or four seasons, we were like in the top three of the best defense in the league. And for me, that was like winning a trophy, you know. I didn't have the choice. It was just that and no trophy at Everton at the time. But <laughs> I took big pride in that, you know. I really I really loved it. Thinking like 
I was looking at the time at the Vidic and Ferdinand, who for me were just like the Rolls Royce of the centre backs yeah. as a pair. And I was looking at them and comparing them and how many clean sheets they have a season. And every, and for me, I was I was just aiming for that. And mm-hmm. I worked fine. As I said, I think about four seasons in the, in the second or third best defence in the league. And I'm like, playing for Everton, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you, you're right in what you say. The, the whole defensive aspect now is, is perceived in a different way. Like the order of importance for lots of people that hire defenders yeah. is like, can they, what are they like on the ball? What they yeah. like looking at this, what they like looking at that, but the actual defending element of it, although some of them can do it, it's not felt yeah. as being as, imp- as important anymore. But that's the biggest not thing. Sure. Right? Keep the keep the ball out of your goal. Like put your body on the line to do so. Like that's essentially what it has mm-hmm. been to be a defender for decades. But yeah. now, as I say, you know, it's it's different. Like even from playing in the UK compared to playing in the USA, I've seen some over here. They like it. They invest heavily in the attackers. They like to see stepovers, skills, sure. diagonal balls, all that stuff. But I'll never forget times when I'm playing back home and you put in a big tackle and everybody in the stadium stands up and cheers. Yeah. It's so, that. I think that's why I love England when I first arrived. I'm like, even in France, you know, you just play, you tackle, you tackle, you do your job. And I remember like in, 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 um, in St. James Park, like you do a good defensive tackle or a good defensive, something good. And you got the whole stadium go, wow. Oh. I was like, yeah. hold on. <laughs> Really? Okay, fine. I'm, st- I'm staying here for the rest of my life. But yeah, yeah. I loved sure. it. I loved it. And you don't see that. I think we'll come back to that, you know, because when you see now, like, no, no disrespect, but a club like Leicester are doing what they did is because everybody is playing the same way now. Yeah. And and you've got, and I, and I, I, I struggle. Don't get me wrong. Leicester, uh, Leicester what they did was amazing. Yeah. And they're still at the top now and it's amazing. But that opened the opportunity to club like Leicester to do what they did because you we went through and we're still into that cycle of, Everybody want to play the same way, like start from the back. You never see a goalkeeper just like, you know what, we're under pressure, play long, yeah. get get a bit, just breathe a bit, and then we go again. No, you have, you put yourself in a horrendous position as a defender, very yeah. uncomfortable, just in order to just say like, we play from the back. I just don't get it. Yeah. I, I just yeah. don't. I, and I had this manager, you know, at, at Everton on my last season. I felt so uncomfortable. I, I, I was playing like a left back, not centre yeah. back. Yeah. Like as soon as the goalkeeper is like a center back, the the uh, and the two center back have to play left back, and the two yeah. left back play midfield. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, if I, if we lose the ball here, what do you want me to do? Yeah. It's just I'm not in a position <laughs> to do anything, and I just don't understand that. Especially the like, well, I'd rather go down playing this way than changing. Up. No. Yeah. What what's what's the goal for a club to stay in the prem or to win trophy? Or mm-hmm. I, I I struggle with that still now. I understand it, and it's beautiful, and it. But I, I I can't stop thinking that we'll come back to like midfield being midfield, striker being strikers, and centre back being centre back. We even go to the goalkeeper now. Talk about Joe how to barely had his chance because he was supposedly not good enough with his feet. I'm like, what? When he was on fire at the time, he was on yeah, fire. He was exactly. he was one of the best in the league. Exactly. I just yes, and I, you see, I, I don't get that. I really don't get that. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah, for me, I'm, it's I'm, a little bit. I'm with you. I'm the same as you, but maybe that's because I started playing when people like you were like the mainstays within a team. So the yeah. whole concept of playing out, like it was a thing, but it was more so a thing for Arsenal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that was the Arsenal way and yeah. other teams didn't really commit to that because now in games which I don't play in or whatever, if I watch highlights from a game, you always, every so often, in fact, quite often, you'll see a highlight which begins with a goalkeeper with the ball at their feet. Every but game. the highlight is always of that goalkeeper conceding a goal 
not yeah. for them creating a move where they roll it to the right back, he rolls it to the centre back, he rolls it to the midfielder, he gets high. Like you very rarely see a goal that makes its way all the way up. Yeah. But every time I like every time I see, okay, so the goalkeeper's starting with a goal kick, I think to myself, hmm. Why is this a highlight? Why is this a highlight? <laughs> and before you, <laughs> and then before you know it, it's like ah, bang, 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 goal, done. Yeah, you know what yeah, I, mean? but, yeah I, I struggle with that. You know, I'm, I'm, I love defend. I love to watch defenders, and I, and I do find it difficult now to watch the Premier League. And when said, "Who's the best centre back?" I can't tell you. There's some decent one, but the one that I've, um, especially last season, I love to watch Duncan and Dunny. And yeah. uh, not and um, sorry, um, uh, Duffy yeah. at, uh, at at Brighton, at Brighton because yeah. I saw defender tackling, being strong on the guy. They were yeah. not. The, I'm not saying they were the best defenders in the league, but I said other defender. I enjoy watching them yeah. go and win headers and like somebody a shot. They just tackle and put their body on the lines. I just I love to see that passion, that defensive intensity. I, mm-hmm. I rarely see that in centre back nowadays. And mm-hmm. there is some centre back that are 80, 90 million or what? I'm like, yeah. I just I just don't get it. I just like, don't Dunk- get it. Donkey's got from having played against Donkey's got on the ball. But he's a defender, defender. He's a defender. Like, when people are shooting, he's going to be there. He's going to be putting himself yeah. in the way yeah. of it. He's going to be trying to read the game. He's going to try and do everything he can to make the game as difficult as possible for the attacker. You know, and the whole playing side of it comes second. It doesn't yeah. come first, you know. Yeah. That makes such a big, big difference. Because then as a striker, you're not encouraged. I think sometimes the more we try and play out at the back, you almost feel the strikers feel encouraged because they think, well, is this person really does. comfortable? Do they want to do this? Do they really want to yeah. do that? Like you're one pass away from a mistake. You know yeah. what I mean? Instead but of putting the instead of putting the striker under pressure because you're on his back and you make him feel like and that was a bit I was like when I first arrived in England, it was kind of like first tackle just show him you're there. Yeah. And yeah. then the striker go like, Oh my god, I'm gonna have that the whole game. Now yeah. it's the opposite. It's the centre back who's like receive the ball with receiving the striker at the same time who's gonna press and close him down, having like barely any passes to do. And now it's the centre back who feel like, Oh my god, that's gonna be that the whole game. And the striker feel like you know what? Do that 10 times, I'm going to get yeah. it once and it's going to be a chance for me. And now the striker yeah. feel like, be patient, your chance will come. When mm-hmm. before, some striker, they feel like, oh my God. You could, yeah. well, you could see them broken. I, I don't want to play that. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I, just, I just don't like that. You see, I don't like that. I'm, and I, I, I was a bit, not scared, but like skeptical about saying it, feeling like, you know, that's the, that's the new football and you have to move on. No, actually, I'm now, I'm like, no, I don't want to move on. I love my defender to defend. Doesn't mean you crap with the ball. We were not crap with the ball. That wasn't yeah. my, my, my main uh, um, attribute. Yeah. But, but I just love to defend and I want to see like some good defender defend. That's that's me and I'm not going to change my mind. That's for sure. So you, after all this time anyway, you spent, you then, after being at Everton, you then went and spent a year at Bournemouth. How did, and then you stopped your career there. Why did you go to Bournemouth for a year? Uh well, we got that. Uh, my last season at Everton with with new manager was was, was the first year. I played broken rib. He asked me to play. Second season didn't go well, and uh, and John Stones was was uh, starting to play a little bit. Uh, I felt personally like he used uh, John Stones to like, oh yeah, John Stones take his place, and he's not happy. Yeah, and I wish. So for no reason, I was training. I was fit. I was training really well. None of the players understood. I didn't understand. But because of personality, I never went and knocked at his door and asked him what's going on, which I regret now. But at the time, I was proud. I'm like, nah, I'm fine. I'll, you'll play me sooner or later. I went and played with the 
with the with the under 21 every other game just to make sure I keep match fit. Mm-hmm. And then he came to the he came to the that's when I realized there's something wrong. He, he put it personal. That's personal. He came to the point of saying like after like five or six games, I sent someone to tell me like I could not play with the under 21 anymore. I'm like, what's, well, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm like 35. I just go in and play with the under 21 to keep fit. What's your problem? You should be happy. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking you nothing. I'm not creating any problem. You should know. So that, that was a tough, that was a tough six months. Really tough six months. And uh, I was decided I did all that because in my mind, I'm like, I feel really good physically. I'm not stopping. And I'm not going to let him stop my career. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I have went on holiday. I kept fit when left the club. That was, that was a tough one. Uh, I was really, really uh, disappointed, and uh, and Bournemouth came and they had a great challenge. They had a really good, really good challenge. Good, good bunch of guys, and I, I felt like you know what, it's possibly my time to stop thinking about me and to share a bit my experience because I, I mm-hmm. always share my experience, but while training, yeah. more like I train hard, I do this, I do that, just look and just you know learn from it. When yeah. now it was a bit more sharing my experience. Yeah. So so that's where I joined. That's where I joined Bournemouth, but uh, it, it didn't go well. I always say it didn't go as expected. I played something like fifteen or twenty game, and at thirty eight years old, you play thirty thirty odd game or twenty odd game in the Premier League, you should be really happy. But that's just not me. I'm not mm-hmm. made to be on the bench. I'm just, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just don't like it. So uh, so at the end of the season, I just decided like, you know what, it's time to stop. I felt really good physically, and I'm like, it's time to stop. My head was gone. My head was gone. I didn't. I didn't feel ready to. Because um, I was still training hard. I was going every training hard every session, doing double session when I could. On the Saturday, I was on the bench. Sunday, going to the training ground on my own with the kids on the training ground and to train again. And after that, for one season, and I've, I've just felt like, do you want to? Can you see yourself doing that again? Not to play, or to play 15 game, 20 game. That's, yeah. that's just not me. So I decided to stop because of that. Took me like two, three months, but I never regretted it. Mm-hmm. never regretted it so why aren't you a coach or a pundit like everybody else from your generation uh, because there is not that much from my generation coach or pundit and it's even less black one from yeah. my generation being a coach so I, I watched an interview uh, last week of uh, Andy Cole um, and Dwight York uh-huh. and they were I'm really on the Andy Cole side but I understand Dwight York's side when he did his badges and he's trying really hard and he's fighting to try and get an opportunity and he doesn't. And he was talking about trying to get an opportunity at um, Aston Villa when um, when Lampard left and he said he should play a club where he played. He said, I didn't even get an answer. Even if I had the backing from Ferguson, he tried at Sunderland. He said, I didn't get an answer. Even if he played there and people knew him. Mm-hmm. And and then you had on the call, and so he's talking about having to start right right down at the bottom, mm-hmm. and then you have on the call who just said that he's not he's not willing to he understand what Yorkie is doing, but he's not willing to jump through hoops and 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 bend over for everybody not to have the same opportunity or equal opportunity as others, mm-hmm. and that's exactly where I stand. I would love to be a manager. I would love to share my experience. I would love to, but am I willing to do like two three years of study? to have to start in the bottom league when some have zero experience as a manager and end up having like Champions League clubs? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not. Give me equal opportunity, no problem. If there's no equal opportunity, I've been fighting, training hard all my career. I don't want to start doing the same as a manager. I'm just yeah. not mentally willing to do that. Yeah. Now, I understand some people are and I, and I respect it and possibly I'm making a mistake and you should like 
fight and open doors. I'm just not willing to fight for it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's that simple. And I think it's a shame and I admit it, but I'm just not willing to, to fight for it. Yeah, I totally understand that. So how's retirement actually been for you then? What, what exactly have you been doing? Great. You know, I take my first year to just really chill and, uh, and digest my decision, really. You know, take, uh, just make sure I, I was comfortable with it, spending a lot of time with, uh, with the family because when you play, it's not full time, but you kind of like when people are away, you're at home. When people are at mm-hmm. home, you're away. When people yeah. are at holiday, you work. It's, it's, weird. Mm-hmm. it's a weird timing. So you miss all the birthdays, all the weddings, all the stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I took one year just to just really just find myself and make sure I'm, I was comfortable with my decision, spending time with family, seeing friends I didn't didn't see for a while. And then after that, I um, I went back to studying a little bit. I always loved the, f- the strength and fitness side and conditioning side in football. So I kept training, uh, not necessarily for football anymore, but I kept training. And uh, and I did a couple of uh, I did some study in um, personal training just for me. Mm-hmm. And because I really liked it, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to push it and do strength conditioning and see how it is to train athletes. So mm-hmm. I've pushed that as well, and I've, I've, I've done a diploma in strength conditioning. Mm-hmm. And I decided to do a little uh, training camp, things that I was doing when I was playing. I was taking a couple of weeks off my, uh, my holidays to go to a place and then train two times a week, two times a day, and, and be kind of ready for the preseason, so you to be one step ahead from, from everyone, really. That was that was my goal. Instead of like enjoying your holiday, come back and start from scratch. Yeah. Uh, so I decided to do that. So I did my first training camp not this year because of COVID I could not do it again. But I did it last year, mm-hmm. and I went really well. I did it here in Bournemouth, and uh, and then just few little projects like that. But I do a bit of TV sometime. I just do what. I'm in a very lucky position. I live a easy, quiet life, and and I like to do what suits me and what I like to do. I don't want to. I'm in a lucky position. I don't have to be forced to do something I don't want to do. Yeah. So, so I just, I just enjoy life. I train a lot, put myself some challenge. I did uh, try to do, and you know how it's tough for us to swim. I did, a, <laughs> I did a, a triathlon. Well, the truth is, I wanted to do a triathlon, and then I went in the pool. I thought I could swim. I'm not scared of water, and I can swim. And but swimming for lens is not the same. Yeah, it's yeah, of course, not of course, the same. Of course, of so I did 20 meters in the pool, and I went, okay, we're gonna have to just change that so i did a sprint triathlon but i was still like uh, 750 meters swimming yeah so i did a sprint triathlon as a challenge i trained i trained hard for it for six months and i managed to do that i was i wanted to do like the olympic distance one uh, this year but again because of covid i've been put everything been put out the window so just have little little challenges i do some fitness competition as well and mm-hmm. a few like crossfit type a little bit I, I just love challenge you know what i miss the most of football is the competition yeah that's what I miss the most. The banter in the dressing room is great, but I've got I've got friends. I've got friends. My friends, I know them since we're ten years old. They're great friends, and I've got way more opportunity to see them now. So I don't. The banter and everything was great, but I've I've got that, and I always had it on the side from football. But yeah. the competition for me, the the buzz that you have, winning or losing, and yeah. having like to be back again the next week, and just like that is what I miss the most, and that's the that's the. You can't find it. You try to find it, but you're never going to find it's it when you stop football. Easy, yeah. Yeah. Never. So how do you feel then looking back at your career? Do you feel you've had a successful one or do you think you underachieved, overachieved? How do you see it? <sighs> Depends how you look at it, you know. Like, I think the, within the first year, I never count. I never, as I said, I played the game, I move on. I don't ask me, uh, 2012, do you remember when you played? I'm going to say no, I don't remember. Yeah. I just play the game, move on. 
and it's when you stop that you start looking at looking back at what you did and and I had I think one of the game from uh, for um, when I played for Bournemouth I had a letter from the FA uh, to just congratulate me for my I think about 450 50 games or something like that and that's when you start to realize and then I stopped and when I stopped I had like little people messaging me say, oh you've got that you've got this record and I was like really I, I was shocked. Yeah. I was shocked. So, so, so it was the the fact that I'm the non UK player with the most game in the Premier League. Yeah. As, and you start counting, and you think players, and then you realize like, shit, actually, yeah. So that's that's, that's proud for me. I can, I can only be proud of it because yeah. that's okay. I'm not a Thierry Henry. I'm not a I'm not a Rio Ferdinand. But that just prove you can be a decent or average player could it as you want but still have a good longevity and a good career in the, in the prem and mm-hmm. and sometimes i feel like that's what i want kids to look at you know all the kids want to be ronaldo there's only one ronaldo in the world and it's possibly yes. never going to be another one yes but it can be plenty of silver and this time in the world <laughs> it yeah. can be plenty of silver and this time and you've got more chance to be a silver and this time than to be a ronaldo so just just to just for kids who don't have those abilities or whatever just give them a bit of hope you know just uh, if you work hard you, you can make it. I've never been the best player of my generation, of my, of the academy, of my, but I just worked hard and I love to play. I had a big passion for football, for the games, for playing. And I think that's, that just helped me. So, and at the end, yeah, you stop, you realize uh, that you're one of the, the players who play the most in the Premier League apart from UK player. Mm-hmm. Considering I arrived in the Premier League at 21 or 22 years old, you feel like, you know, like, wow, that's, that's great. Then there's another one that's that's a few years after I found out I was in the top 20 of the Premier League appearances, the whole yeah. history of the Premier League. I'm just like this one. I'm like, nah, it's not possible. And I had yeah. to go and look. And I, and when you look at the players around you, yeah. you're like, what what am I doing here? <laughs> what am I doing here? What's that they must have miscounted somewhere because it's just yeah. not possible. And I'm and I'm still in now. So I am proud. I'm proud. You know, I'm. More the, more the time goes and the more I'm proud to be honest with you so yeah. I feel like every club I went I managed to achieve something you know like qualify for the championship with Newcastle keeping City in the Premier League which wasn't easy everybody mm-hmm. think about City now but you know as well as me that was a yeah. different City yeah for sure so keeping sure. Stabil- stabilize the club and keeping the club in the Premier League winning the FA Cup with with with, uh, with uh, yes. Portsmouth uh, uh, with with Everton trying to compete with like in terms of finance being nowhere near any of the top club top four club but trying to compete and fight to break into that top four with this mm-hmm. club and being some of the best defense in the in the league for, for a few seasons maintaining uh, Bournemouth in the prem so yeah I, I can only be happy I've been captain in a few clubs I've always have good relationship with the players I made friends I enjoy football I've been lucky to financially be able to take care of, of my family and, and protect my family take care of myself being now in a position where I can enjoy doing what I'm, do, I'm doing how can, how can I not be proud I kind yeah. of regret and I wish I that, that this game and I wish I played for France and I wish but you know what you, you never know maybe maybe playing for France will have made my career three years shorter yeah. you, you never know so I'm, at the end I'm like you know what look what you've done look where you are look where you started I'm, I'm proud I'm happy and I will not change a thing that's great. It, it obviously means something to you because you just spoke about it for five minutes. So clearly, that's a that's a yeah, big moment. yeah, yeah. Because because it's a, I swear, time. You see, time. No matter where you are in your career, the older you got, you get, and the more, especially now you watch football, you can hear about players. It's supposed to be like the next big things, and and two years after, you don't know where he is. Yeah, I watched actually, cool. like I think he was a 
yesterday like the list of the top um, like the top 11 uh, players uh, who have no clubs now right and I, and I look at it and I was like really yeah. you talk about like Jack Wilshere you talk about Welbeck you talk about and they are not I, fin- I stopped my career at 38 in the Premier League yeah. Those guys are like 31, 32, 33. And you've got a lot. And that's the one that I know. There's plenty that I don't know. It's, yeah. it's tough. It's, it's yeah. tough. It's tough to get to be in the Premier League. It's tough to remain in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. It's really tough. So, yeah, I've, as I said, with my longevity, I've been better than most players. I can only be proud. I've got no reason not to be proud because I didn't win 25 trophies. How many players are not going to win trophy in the Premier League? Yeah, for sure. Most. For sure. Sure. So, there are things to look at, and and, and I, I can only be I can only be happy, you know. I can only yeah. be happy. One hundred percent. You've got, you've got a great perspective on it all because, like you said earlier, everybody wants to be Ronaldo, but that means that doesn't that mean that if you don't score fifty goals a year, you're a failure as a striker? You know, it's insane. To be that's able what to, people want to make you believe. Yeah, to be able to have played the game for as long as you did, and like in the Premier League, you're averaging 33, 34 games every season. Yeah. So as well as good health, that's good selection and good form. You know, mm-hmm. these things here, they make a big difference because if it was simple, everybody would be doing it. But anyway, exactly. let's get to some harder questions, yeah? So Go you on. need to be completely honest now and because I'm looking you in the eye, you know, you can't Go escape on. any of these, okay? Go on. So which club do you think loves you the most? Club as in players or as in supporters? Let's say both. Ah. Poof. Mm. It's, it's a really tough one. I would say... I would say between Portsmouth and Everton because Man City because it's a massive misconception when I left yeah. everybody think it was me but it was this completely wrong yeah. so so because of that misconception I think some fans will still be pissed off thinking I left and uh-huh. so I would say possibly Portsmouth because nothing went wrong there and I, we won the FA Cup and 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 Everton because as my longevity there have been been good and we had we had some good season there. Where did you play your best football? Ciao. I would say most consistent Everton at an age where I, was, I think it's more because at an age where I was supposed to like fade and go down. That's possibly the the moment where I, I picked the most. Uh-huh. And which club is your favorite? I have to say Everton just because of the dressing room and the lads, you know. It's not necessarily the club club itself, don't get me wrong, I love the club and the fans mm-hmm. and everything, but the atmosphere in the dressing room, I've, apart from Gagnon possibly, I've never had that before. Okay, well let me uh, like make it less serious now, okay, because you've, you've obviously alienated some fans there. All the Everton <laughs> fans are like cheering now, all the City <laughs> fans have tuned out, but that's fine. So I need you to, you watch some, you watch some football now, obviously not as yeah. much as maybe you did when you were younger or whatever, but if a guy was six foot four, yeah, he was athletic, he was quite good on the ball, you know, he had desire, all this stuff. Do you think they'd score more or less than 19 goals in 705 games? <laughs> uh, it depends. Some, if you're six foot four, but you love to defend and you're kind of generous, you rather give the ball to others to score because you don't, maybe you're shy. Maybe you're shy mm. and you just don't want to have this, uh, you know, the, the spotlight, yeah, the spotlight on, on you. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. I can score. I can score, but I'm not going to because I okay. just want to give the opportunity to others to shy. 
Okay. So it depends what type of player we talk about, really. Okay, so obviously we're talking about you for anybody that doesn't. Ah, okay. And when I, see, ah, me, yeah, and when yeah. I see 19 goals in 705 listen, games. Listen. How many times did you go in the box and listen, you weren't the biggest player? Asko, like, this is rare. I scored two goals with my right foot, and that's the only stuff that matters. Two goals with my right <laughs> foot. I don't know if you realize the quality or the not quality of my right no, foot. I listen, I remember two your right foot. Goals. I so remember your right that, foot. 19 goals mean nothing. Listen, 500, 5 million, two goals with my right foot. I can die in peace, mate. I can die in peace. Listen, your right foot is memorable. That's one thing I'd say. <laughs> But to be honest, for all these like, distinct lack of goals, because I thought you'd have scored more, you know. Like, yeah, let's yeah. be honest. Like, but I'm going through the same sort of thing because I've, I've, I'm just over half your games, but I'm on 15 goals. But I feel like yeah. I could, I could have scored 30 goals. Yeah, so to mate, be it's... to see 19. When I did my search on you and you said 19 goals, I was so happy. Honestly, yeah. I was so so happy because That's I said what? Because I thought I was bad, but you're obviously worse. Worse, I'm worse. Yeah, yeah, but yeah I admit a it. lot, like a lot I worse. I admit it, but it's not because I'm worse that I make you good. You know what I mean? That's the <laughs> no, it is. That's the exact reason. That's yeah, the exact that reason. Make me, that no, makes no, me just worse than you. That doesn't no, make no, you no, 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 no. You're a lot worse than me. The ratio <laughs> yeah, yeah. is: you scored one goal every 37 no. games. I you scored one goal wait. every 28 games. That's you the thing. You're a lot worse than me. You have to wait until you finish your season. You have to wait until you've every season. You are a lot worse. You are a lot worse. No, you are a lot worse. That was some big discussion with my dad. My dad always been so pissed off with me. He said, how come if I, if I kick 10 corners defensively, you're going to put your head on every <laughs> single one. But then if I sense offensively, you should see jump. You're just like, he was, my dad was ripping me to bits. To and rightly bits. so. And rightly uh, but so. it never changed nothing. Never yeah, changed nothing. So. But with all due respect to you, the one thing which I think you'll go down in history for, which a lot of people don't know, because it's a very significant bit of trivia about you, is that you provided an assist for a goalkeeper to score a goal. I did. See, you did do that. And was that with your right foot or your left? That was my left. But let me tell you something. Centre-back, they scored. They got, why am I, if I want to be different, why am I going to do what all the centre-backs are doing? I'm not. <laughs> I make an assist to a goalkeeper. There's only one defender in the world who's done that. Can you imagine how much I will worth right now? How much? Listen. <laughs> millions and billions because the, the I'm the only one in the world who can do that my friend the funniest thing about that as well is the fact that when you try and watch the highlight of the goal this is Tim Howard's goal for anybody who doesn't know yeah, I think it was against I'm, Bolton I'm cut from the, it the highlight yeah you're cut from it they just show the ball <laughs> rolling back I to know. the goalkeeper. I know so every time I have to tag myself I did the assist I did the assist I did the assist <laughs> no, that's incredible that's 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 the incredible stat but just a just a few more um, a few more questions before we uh, call time here because I know you're a very busy guy, allegedly. Nah, I'm pretending to. Who, um, who would you say your favorite centre back partner was? Uh, Richard Dunn and I can't separate them and Jagielka. Who? Two. Go on. Yeah, I know that's the two. Just, just you know, when you play and you have you have that as I think you have to play football to understand. Sometimes you got someone next to you, you don't need to speak to understand him. You yeah. know what he's going to do and you know he knows what you're going to do. You know what he's going to do and you anticipate each, um, anticipate each other's yeah. movement and position. It's just weird. It's just flow without really understanding what he's... And most of the time, this guy is not your best friend. He's just someone you get on with, but it's not like you finish playing, you go out for a drink. And, nah. and that yeah. was them with them too. Um, I was going to ask you which player was the best you've played with, but I imagine you're just going to say Ronaldinho. Ronaldinho. Ronaldinho has to be the best I've played with. And Anelka, I'm going to say, because... 
Yes. Anelka is different. I've seen him from the age of 15 until the end. And I can promise you at 16, he was playing the same way he played when you see him top form for Liverpool or Madrid or PSG or whatever you want. Insane. Yeah. Insane as well. I forget sometimes, like, at City, for what we were back in the early 2000s, like, how did we have Nicolas Anelka playing up front? Nah. It's, it's, it's mad. It's mad. How... It's, it's insane. You know, it was an amazing opportunity. Yeah. Amazing is opportunity. There anybody, is there anybody you didn't like playing against? Uh, Jason Roberts. Yeah, because he wanted to nah. fight, huh? That's possibly the only player I could not out myself. <laughs> he used to piss me off. Yeah. I was going for a fight every time. It was a proper fight. Like yeah. I hated, I hated playing against him. Yeah. I know the the normal answer should be Ronaldo and Drogba and Henry, and I actually love playing against them. Not because I was good, just because for me it's like. I'm going to play against one of the top strikers in the world. Yeah. And then the one that you suspect the least are the one that give you the most hell. And Jason Roberts, I hated to play against him. I remember playing against him, I think it was 2000, and when they first came to the Premier League anyway. And I was playing centre-back. And he, this is how different he was. The ball went out wide, so it's a quick break for them. And instead of him running around to try and find space to, for a cutback or something, he just started, he just pinned me. He just pinned me in the box. Like, I, was, I wasn't used to this. I was like, what, what's going on? <laughs> Like, I, like the ball's not somewhere else. Like the guy's about to cross the ball in. Why, why are you pinning me? <laughs> no, it was it was hell. I didn't yeah. like. It. I didn't like to play against. Him. I like the guy, but I didn't like to play against him. Yeah, he was a good test. He was a very, very good test. Yeah. I was going to ask you about France, but you've already you've already spoken about that. So I just want to finish by yeah. saying this. Yeah, regardless of the fact of whether you played for France or not, you're still one of the most important players that I've ever had on one of my teams. And the reason for it is because I actually tried to be just like you. So, like I said before, I didn't joke when I said this, but thank you for being who you are. And in, to hear you now in retirement, you sound like exactly how I will be when I finished as well. So it's good to see that, you know, I'm basically nice. just a little clone, a little clone of yourself. It's you know great. What I mean? it's, it's an amazing compliment, mate, Matt. So I tell you that is, if you can be in a happy place when you finish your career and not be bitter about football, that's the best gift. That's better than any yeah. medal or trophy or whatever. And that's where I am. And to to know that I could have influence in a positive way is a uh, younger player. Like, like well, you're not young anymore, mate. But younger, me, younger. I will forever me, be younger. Younger player yeah. than me. It's, it's great. It's again, it's for me, the best compliment. I can't, I can't hope for more than, uh, than that. Okay. And one, one last uh, question, actually, before you go. Is there anybody that you know who you think I should try and bring on the show who the listeners will enjoy listening, hearing from? Huh. It, you know what will be a, a really interesting one will be Nicolas Anelka. I watch I watch his documentary because there's a massive misconception about the guy you play Listen, with. Listen, that's him. exactly what I say to people. That's exactly what I say to people. You play with him is a massive misconception about him, and I don't even understand where. You see, we talk about Jamo playing centre yeah. back, and you don't know why. I don't know why people have that misconception about Nicolas because yeah. I don't know anyone who played with him or know him who can say it. you've got a bit of temper or character. Who doesn't? Yeah. The, the way people see him I, I just don't see that and I know him so well I love Nico and I remember when I was first coming through like being in the first team in the early 2000s you're in a dressing room with people from the 70s early 70s and these are yeah. different people like mm -hmm. they it was an older team Yeah, it was different but I'll never forget it was people like yourself people like Richard Dunn people like Nicholas and Nelka who welcomed the youngsters more than anybody mm -hmm. else in that space and for me, I was always stunned because I was like, why is Nicholas Anelka asking me how I'm doing? Like, mm. Who am I? 
but that's the person he is and like yeah my mom always used to love to see him as well because he was always really nice to her like these stories about him don't get told but that's no. who he is that's who he is and yeah mm. if you can make that happen that's my dream I'll, I'll, listen, I'll, ask him, I'll ask him and I'll, I'll keep you posting on that yeah and I he's think, an idol he, I think he'll be a good one he had an amazing career very atypical career as well different from everyone and I think if I had to ask and listen to some people I will listen to people who have a very different career yeah one sure. that maybe should not have maybe not shine as much as you expect but has a very interesting career and he'll have a lot to say yeah for sure well thank you very much anyway and as I say you're you can welcome. get back to your Pleasure. castle wherever it is or you know whatever you do now living the great life huh yeah, not the great life I live a simple enjoyable life I do what I like and that's the most important in life to do what you like you see yeah, the, you... you see what we're going through right now yeah. So doing That's, what you like to do is great. You are, you saying that is exactly what I want to do when I finish. So freedom, mate. Freedom. That's, That's all, there's nothing it's a luxury. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But thank you very much, man. You can get yourself off the My pleasure. Way. All right. It's a pleasure, Silver. Good luck. Thank you, sir. And to you. To you. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed hearing from him as much as I did. Sylvan was a real pleasure to play with and an absolute pain to play against for sure. But now to close, I'd like to say some thanks. Firstly, to the main man, producer Ryan Hale. Secondly, to Aidan Hogarth for the music, for those wondering where it came from. And thirdly, to Mountaineer Studios, Draper, Utah. And to finish, last but not least, thank you again for listening. Be sure to stay safe and stay tuned. Boom. Boom. Two Pug Life, that's for you. Boom. Drop the book. Drop the mic. Let's go. Let's go.